It's Monday, May 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, another rough weekend in Detroit. Uh, Guardians come out uh, on the short end on Sunday, 2-1. to one. Tristan McKenzie just pitched his tail off again and, and had nothing to show for it. Yeah, I mean, this guy has thrown five straight quality starts. Joe um, gives up two solo home runs. <clears throat> and gets beat two to one and you know throws seven and two third innings eight strikeouts uh just deserved a much better fate and and that's really been sort of a, a an underlying theme here over the last few weeks with not just Tristan but uh you know Zach Plesak and Cal Quantrill as well uh it seems like the the rotation is starting to round into shape and uh, it really is, there's nothing to show for it because the, the offense keeps letting them down. Yeah, like Bob Feller said, it's not how you pitch, it's when you pitch. And, uh, you know, that's uh, it's kind of if you don't get runs, it doesn't matter how, how, how well you pitch, you're not going to win. I, I was looking at these some stats, Joe. Bieber, you know, has received in, in his starts 4.56, you know, uh, just over four runs a game. The same with Plesak, Quantrill, and um, McKenzie is 4.12. So, you know, you're really, you're riding a razor's edge there. You've got to be really good and you, you're going to just, you know, you're going to win. You, if, if you keep, if you keep getting that kind of run support, you, you're going to, you're, you know, it's, it's going to be one run games the whole way. Yeah. It, the, the stat that jumps out at me is uh, that the club is, in its wins, averaging just over seven runs a game, and in its losses, averaging just over uh, two runs a game. Uh, it that sounds to me like you know they're they're taking advantage and they're taking an opportunity when they uh, you know find a pitcher that they can take advantage of. They're they're scoring runs in bunches, but they're they're not consistently putting runs on base and or runners on base and 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 getting them home. Uh, it, it, it's obvious the, the the young lineup, and we can say these these, these things all in, all you know over and over again. Uh, but one of the you know reasons why, and a big factor, is they don't have that thump in the middle of the lineup that they were expecting to have uh, with Framil Reyes, a guy who you you would expect to hit thirty home runs and you know driving close to a hundred during a season. Uh, he was supposed to be there behind Jose Ramirez this season, and and really sort of backing him up. And it's it's fallen off after Jose uh, this year. Uh, Framil now on the injured list with a, a sore hamstring. Yeah, that is, uh, and he, you know, even before he went on the uh, IL, you know, Framil wasn't hitting. He wasn't, you know, he, he was in a bad slump. He was, you know, close to the league leaders in strikeouts. <clears throat> I think he's only hit like three home runs. So you know, it, it it that has really affected this offense. You know, Naylor, you know, was just getting hot, then had the COVID. You know, you know, he was shut down for COVID. He, I think he's just coming back now. He's, you know, he had a couple good games in Detroit, but uh, you know, the the offense revolves around uh, Jose Ramirez, and Ramirez is not going to be able to do it every day. Although he's coming close yeah. to doing it every day. Uh, I was going to say he's going to give you his best effort to do that, uh, and and sometimes it looks like he can. Uh, driving in five runs by himself on on Saturday in the win uh, in support of Shane Bieber, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's not sustainable, I guess is the the way to phrase it. Uh, to think that Jose Ramirez can can put up those kinds of numbers and and help you win every game that way. Uh, 
bright spot over the weekend was the call-up and debut of Oscar Gonzalez, uh, a guy who down in AAA had been, you know, hitting everything that was moving. And, and, and the way he, and he profiles pretty much like a, a Framil Reyes type only, you know, maybe younger and, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe puts the bat on the ball a little bit more. Uh, we still expect to see the strikeouts from Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, they're coming, but, but right now he, he, he looks uh, pretty solid. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Tito Francona gave him the advice to swing it, swing at good pitches and, uh, you know, just swing at strikes. And he has really, he's been doing a great job, Joe. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the league doesn't know him. You know, we've seen the same thing with Quan. Uh, you know, with he had the great April, and then the scouting reports kind of caught up to him. You you would have to think in May, uh, but uh, Gonzalez, uh, what five hits in his first three games, two doubles, and he had a great at bat in the ninth inning uh, yesterday against uh, Gregory Soto. I mean, he fouled off maybe close to ten pitches before striking out, and that you know that shows you. Uh, you know, that he has a pretty good idea of the strike zone. And the thing, uh, you know, he's he goes and he's played right field without incident, uh, goes right to left very well. We haven't seen him go back on many balls. And and uh, Frank Kona said that's that's a work in progress, you know, regarding his defense. Yeah, I remember seeing him in Akron last season and, and just not thinking uh, very much of him defensively. Uh, but he's definitely improved. He definitely looks a lot different than the last time I saw him play uh, out there in the outfield. Uh, so, so really, outfield might be the only thing really holding him back. And, and we know that the strikeouts are going to come, and the, the 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 league and the opponents are going to make the adjustment once the book gets out on him. Uh, but right now, he looked like he was he, he hit a ball. Uh, maybe his first first at bat on Thursday looked you know just tremendous in terms of taking the ball at the middle uh you know staying on pitches uh and and he hasn't really shown the the power that we've seen in the minors from him yet at the big league level but i think once he gets his arms extended on a pitch you're going to see a ball uh you know jump out of the ballpark uh he's he's a big guy and he can generate some some really good raw power yeah you know he's hit two doubles you know, I think uh, he's really impressed the coaching staff because he's going the other way. You know, he's a tall, like you said, he's a big, he's tall and lean. He looks like a power forward almost. You know, he's not bulky or anything. He can move. And uh, he he took uh, two doubles, you know, to the, to right field. Uh, the in in uh, in the one uh, in the Friday night loss, <clears throat> I should say that the, you know. Uh, he had a double in the ninth inning, gave him a chance to, uh, you know, to get the tying run across at least. It didn't happen, but, uh, you know, it, he's really handled himself well at the plate. And uh, I know Francona has been impressed, just as you said, the way he's gone to center field and right field with uh, with his swing. He's uh, he's also uh, doing something that's pretty smart. He's, he's sitting next to Jose Ramirez in the dugout pretty much uh, between every inning. And, and just trying to soak up as much as he can. Uh, I, I saw uh, just a, a camera shot of Jose pretty much holding court there uh, in the in the, the, the Guardians dugout with uh, Victor Rodriguez and uh, Gonzalez sitting there just soaking in everything that, that Ramirez was saying. Uh, as, as far as teachers can go or as far as mentors go, uh, Jose probably a pretty good one uh, for Gonzalez to have. 
yeah, you just uh, you just kind of sit there and listen to Jose, <laughs> let it rub off on you, hopefully. And, uh, you know, he, he he teaches you some of the ins and outs, uh, you know, putting bat to ball, because right now there's not not too many people better than him in in the big leagues. Yeah, it's uh, it, you get a lot of the technical stuff and, uh, you know, the X's and O's. But then, you know, it's also pretty much just fun to be entertained by Jose. I think uh, everybody everybody can appreciate that even even if you're not speaking spanish i i think uh uh that just watching him present the material uh, was was entertaining uh in in a lot of ways uh entertaining in a lot of ways uh is is not the way to describe the how the uh you know the guardians have had the results i guess for for this team over the last you know week or so uh again we we made mention of it uh last week's podcasts that that this is a stretch in the 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 schedule where they should be winning games and and starting to feel good about themselves and and that's just not happening. Uh, another chance, another opportunity begins tonight at the ballpark uh, with Kansas City coming into town. The the Royals are struggling. They've they've been hit by injuries and inconsistencies. Uh, their pitching isn't all that great. Uh, this is another chance, and we've said it. We've said it a couple of times this season, you know, against Cincinnati, against Detroit. This is another chance for the Guardians to start feeling good about themselves. They just have to go out there and do it. Yeah, Joe, that's, uh, you know, this is part of the schedule that they should take advantage of. So far, that schedule's taken advantage of them. Um, You know, they, what, they go one and two in Houston, uh, you know, but that's, you know, that, that you could, you could expect that because Houston's a very good team, but then they go one and two in Detroit again, you know, and, uh, that's, uh, you know, th- that was a team that they've beaten up since they've owned basically since 2016. Uh, you know, they lose two one-run games there. And now you're you're in Kansas City. Now the Royals are in town. And uh, it's a team that they, you know, that that traditionally has played them very hard, very well. So, you know, I, I, I think I, I would think we'd see more of the same, you know, low-scoring games. And, uh, you know, some well-pitched games. Hopefully, police deck starts tonight and uh, he can, you know, kind of get them going and get, get himself going in the right direction here. Yeah, that's the uh, the the underlying theme sort of of the, the last few starts for police act has been uh, his inability to finish off innings, finish off at bats, really. And getting ahead of guys 0-2 and then, you know, giving up the big hit or getting two outs in an inning and then, you know, having the the opposition and you know rattle off a couple of base hits and then get a big knock and 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 score runs. Uh, Plesac has has been able to at times look really effective, and then you know the confidence is there. Uh, it sometimes it's a matter of falling in love with that slider. I think a bit too much. I don't think he he trusts his his uh, his fastball to to be effective enough to get guys out. I think he always wants to get back to that slider. And when he makes a mistake with that slider, it gets hit a long way. Yeah, you know, we saw him uh, in the start against Houston retire, what, the first eight guys. Then he hits Maldonado, the catcher, the number nine hitter. And, you know, the whole thing kind of unraveled from there. So, uh, you know, he's got to stay consistent. He's got to keep calm on the mound and not let his mistakes or his teammates mistake kind of upset him. He's got to pitch over those things and, and keep his, keep himself and the team in the game. Yeah. That's, and that's the really funny thing is uh, that, that, you know, talking to him post game, he's so even keeled. He's so calm about it. He's so 
almost like you got to check him for a pulse. He's, he's so low key about it uh, to, to think that the emotions are running crazy on the mound when he gets to, you know, uh, two outs and, and hits a guy that, that it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, I guess uh, at, at this point. Uh, but, you know, we'll see if, if he can, if he can figure that out, if, uh, if Framil can, uh, can come back off of this injury at, at some point and uh, um, you know, maybe get some maybe maybe some time down in the minor leagues will uh will help him on a rehab assignment and you know get his timing back get his confidence back maybe framo comes up here and, and, and hits the ball a little better uh you know it's it, it's the, the potential is there it just hasn't been realized yet so far yeah i would agree joe that you know um you know the formula they had in April has kind of, you know, that that really helped them get off to a good start. You know, it's kind of uh, it's it's a little shaky right now. Straw isn't getting on base at at the top of the order. They've had to, you know, they've moved Rosario into the number two spot. Uh, he's hitting the ball hard, but not with not in a lot of good luck. You know, Quan has dropped down to eighth or ninth. So you know, they've got to get back to getting on base. You know, having good at bats. And, uh, you know, having uh, Ramirez and somebody else drive them in. I mean, we just haven't seen those consistent at-bats, you know, during this during this stretch right now. And, Joe, were you, were you surprised uh, that uh, that they were – that uh, the Indians – I mean, the Guardians were able to trade Chang? Or did you, did you think there would be a market for him? Yeah, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, necessarily surprised that there wasn't a huge market for you, Chang. I think the uh, the – sort of the graveyard for uh 4A infielders outfielders right now is Pittsburgh because they're they're just sort of taking on all comers without uh without having to to spend a lot of cash on it. I was surprised at the move that in order to put Chang on the Pittsburgh roster that they uh they designated Cole Tucker uh for assignment. Wow. So uh Cole Tucker of course the the older brother of Carson Tucker, the 2020 first round draft pick of the of Cleveland, a shortstop, a young guy who's playing, I believe, at Lynchburg right now. Uh, but Carson uh, Cole Tucker is now, uh, you know, out there designated for assignment, uh, and that's a guy who can play outfield and infield. But you know, like like Chang, he's out of he's out of options. So you know, I don't know what his future holds for uh, for him. Yeah, I was glad to see Chang, you know, get another chance for the big league club, um, you know, instead of just being outrighted down to uh, uh, to Columbus, where he's kind of, you know, he's kind of run out the string here. We, I think, uh, you know, he needs a change of scenery, and hopefully he's able to establish himself with with the Pirates because, like you said, Joe, they're they're giving everybody a look. Yeah, the only problem is the Pirates don't uh, don't have spring training in Arizona, and that's where Chang uh, yeah. seems to hit his best is is out in the out in the desert. So uh, maybe uh, maybe if he can work his way over to to the Diamondbacks or or some team that trains over in in Arizona, that that might be uh, better for him. But uh, like like Tito said uh, on Thursday, you know, polite guy, nice guy, you know, just you, your heart breaks for him, but. Uh, you know, a business decision and you've, you've got to, you know, move forward with with a guy with, with a roster that is more balanced, like uh, like the way they have it now. You know, they don't have a, a bunch of, you know, utility infield guys sitting on the bench and, and not not getting at bats and not being productive. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, definitely. You, you've got guys kind of 
that were doubling up at the same position. And now, you know, you can make, get a little more flexibility in there. Maybe, you know, try a little, you know, maybe another outfielder or something, you know, some we, but Gonzalez is, I think he's a good choice. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be fun to watch, Joe. You're going to like him. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people were really excited just because of, you know, I, I got, I got kind of Bobby Bradley vibes about what the call up from, uh, from the folks in Columbus who had, had fought, sort of fallen in love with him over the last season and, you know, that kind of energy, you know, Hey, let's see if he can get up here and, and, and have that power translate. Uh, unfortunately the, the strikeouts came with Bobby Bradley. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, if, if Gonzalez can, can sort of stay ahead of the strikeout pace so far. He's so far. He's so good with the, uh, with the three games. I think he's only had the one strikeout maybe in, in those, those three games. So uh, yeah, it's been uh been a lot of fun to to watch him in those the first weekend and uh to get him home and see maybe we'll we'll, we'll have a good idea when we find out where his locker is in the uh in the clubhouse we that's we, right we definitely sit and we'll uh we'll have a better idea all right paul uh we'll wrap it up here for today uh again if um if you want to join on uh subtext and get update updates uh, on the guardians uh 216 298-4346 is the number to text or go to cleveland.com slash uh, subtext sign up 399 a month you hear from me and paul uh pretty regularly now that the uh, the season is in full swing uh Hoinsie, we will check back in with you again uh, tomorrow here on the cleveland baseball talk podcast all right joe